commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Grex Comback, and you're listening to Core World News, your holiday news service providing in-depth coverage of all the latest stories from around the galaxy. Welcome to our deep dive discussion, the first three episodes of Andor, a segment we've decided to call Andor Candor. Let's once again jump to the free trade sector of Ferex and join Ben, Grant, and Adam for another discussion about all things Andor. All right. Thank you very, very yeah. much, Grex. Welcome, everyone, to another week of Core World News. Um, yeah. It's good to be back with the guys here uh, talking. I really enjoyed listening to last Wednesday's uh, podcast um, when uh, when they covered it all. It was super fun, guys, listening to you. Um, I wanted to just say something off the top. We're trying to, you know, validate us um, doing 250. 60 episodes of this show this is uh episode actually 258 i think uh today yeah but um wow. no but we um we all we want is listeners we're not doing this for money obviously we're not charging people for this we don't have advertising but um you know we'd love to get the word out and sort of uh separate from the the froth of you know star wars podcast miasma and um you know you know what helps a lot is actually liking um and writing reviews about our podcast hopefully positive. Yeah. Um, so if you, as our kind viewers would do that, um, and actually if you leave one, if you leave a review and a five-star review and tell us about it, we will mail you, uh, just contact us at coreworldnews at gmail.com and we will send you a, uh, koozie. We've got some swag. We got some swag bags, yeah. koozies, pins, um, some things we'll send that as a thank you. Um, and then your, uh, canned beverages will forever be cold. Yeah. Um, and stylish. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what I always say is uh, five stars reviews only, please. If you have any critiques, we got an email address. Please write <laughs> yes. us. Trying we'll, to say. We, I promise we'll read them horrible. and consider your critiques. Yeah, no, we're always yeah. trying to get better. We love feedback. We just like talking yeah. to people. Um, <laughs> so what you're trying to say, Ben, or, is you're a sentry corporal on one, yeah. but you're a squad commander on four, yeah. and you, you need some help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, so anyways, I, I'm, I'm glad you guys wanted to do it we're doing another one this is sort of bonus deeper dive coverage um of the first three andor episodes and um yeah. i just wanted to be able to chime in and talk to you guys about it because it's are you kidding thing. me it felt it felt wrong I, covering the, these uh, three episodes totally. without you yeah like you honestly yeah. this oh, was a yeah. show where we jumped on more air taxis and speeder bikes than i can remember and i was like oh. where is ben i know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's going on I know. Yeah, that air taxi, it's like you can smell. You know what that air taxi smells like? It's like, yeah, it's, it's like dank. Yeah. You're like, it, it's I, just so in it. I, yeah. I, yeah. I just want to say I adored this thing. As you you all probably knew, um, as soon as I settled into this, I was like, oh boy. I was, you know, I was thinking Tony Gilroy, the creator, like wrote one of my favorite movies of all time, Michael Clayton. And like we've mentioned it a bunch of times here. And I was like, so I'm like, that's the ceiling for this show. That's, like, that's how Great good timing. it could be. And and I feel like they actually, especially after the second time I watched through these episodes, um, I think he's actually bet it's better than Michael. <laughs> I mean, granted, like I'm biased because it's the Star Wars IP and that's what, you know, <laughs> right. I want to wrap my head around. I mean, but, Chief uh, Inspector Hine, that scene like oh. might be my favorite Tony Gilroy scene to date. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. And I love yeah. Michael. I'm a huge Michael Clayton stan. And I, I think the Bourne films are, are written quite well as well. So, yeah. yeah. 
but this is it's excellent it feels like it feels like they took their time with this um i did uh, uh grant set around on a different podcast it's uh the watch which is part of the ringer network um and they interviewed tony gilroy for an hour um and it's uh, i would suggest listening to that as well it's fascinating hearing him talk about you know the process that he went through and he's a funny guy um, but a lot of cool stuff came out of that. And it's just, you know, it, the fact that he was like, we shouldn't make this show. But if we do make the show, this is the way. Here's my notes. Yeah. yeah. Here's my treatment. Yeah. <laughs> right. For how we do it. Yeah. This is how we do it. Yeah. He had like a manifesto and he gave it to Kathleen and she was like, let's go. Um, which yeah, is really it's, cool. Yeah. It's so cool because it seems like it's going to be this birth of spy culture around the sort of nascent rebellion fighting back against the empire, yeah. which is like, oh, like the perfect show. But how do you explore that? So much is under wraps in our own history of, you know, our wars, if you know, yeah. uh, in the real world. And it's like, it's so much of that is kind of top secret. Like this is going to be a brilliant writer sort of crafting that network and crafting this, you know, the politics dealing in the espionage and then things happening behind the scenes. Like it's all going to be crafted from Tony Gilroy, who's I think the perfect person, you know, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he actually, it, Tony let something slip in there. He's like, how do we make a 007 movie for a hundred million dollars or something? Yeah. You know, like with, with like no budget, which he was talking about, but that does speak. We, we talked a lot about earlier when we were guessing what the show would be. We're like, oh, like maybe Skyfall in space, you know, Skyfall in yeah. the galaxy far, far away. And I mean, it's it's a little grittier. And obviously our hero is sort of starting from a very like we're getting origin story stuff here, um, yeah. starting from a different place. But it it, I, it does feel like Skyfall to me, which is that's my favorite. It does. Seven film. It's- it's yeah. very also Casino Royale, like very much that original, like kind yeah, of earning his stripes, it, like, yeah, yep, yeah. is not uh, perfect. Like, I love that we're dealing with flaw char- flawed characters in this show. Like, yeah. I just like Cassian is not great at what he's doing yet. Right. And he's not. I mean, he has very selfish motivations, like his entire motivation in episodes one through three is to get the hell out of town. That's his only goal in all three episodes. Once he once he messes up at the beginning is I need to sell this thing and get off of this planet as fast as possible and leave my adopted mother basically here with money. But to leave her here like, yeah, yeah, it's I mean, also like, I mean, there's he's such a complicated character, Cassian Andor. I mean, yeah, because it's he does have several motivations. One, I mean, like, what does he do? Is he like a minor when like things are calmed down or is like his mom? We, we so. learn is is a salvager, right? That's kind of yeah. her job, her gig. She found Cassie and salvaging. And um, so and he clearly knows parts. And um, and then there's like this rebellion, like rebellious, like gene that gets threaded yeah. through all of that town um, and all of his, you know, hometown and stuff. But like he's just sort of skulks in the shadows. But I mean, we know one of his primary motivations is finding his sister. Right. And right. Um, because yeah. that that's the one thing that's like sort of tugged at him and family and Star Wars, we know, is like always kind of the, the prime motivator for most things. And I, I you, you got to think we're going to see that sister at some point or that thread's going to get tied back in. Um, yeah. But in this first arc, it's just sort of there at the beginning and then it gets pushed to the side as he's essentially trying to to scramble out of that situation, I think, to to save his family. You know, to like protect them and to just get, you know, get on the yeah, heat and, off of them and his friends and onto him. Yeah. yeah. My question for you guys is like, how much do you think Andor knew 
about um, the person he was selling that part to. Um, I'm trying to let me just pull up his name. I'm sorry. It's a uh, Luthen rail. Um, do, do you think he knew Luthen was with the um, the rebellion and, and wanted to join that or you no, I think... didn't get a sense that he knew he was with the rebellion, no. yeah. say, but um, <clears throat> it seems like Luthen knew more about Cassian than Cassian Clearly. knew about Luthen, Clearly. right? It like seems like Luthen had found out that Cassian, you know, was able to what we find out in that third episode is that Cassian did at one point don Imperial garb, sneak into an Imperial headquarters, steal that that star path unit, right, and get out. And so we didn't that was all off screen that that happened. Yeah. And if the writing wasn't so, you know, perfectly aligned and, and the plotting, you know, so perfectly paced, I would be like, where was that scene? I kind of like wish we got like a taste of that in the beginning. But I, I, I think it's fine happening. I think that's all great backstory yeah. that's just alluded yeah. towards, you know, so. The reason I, I brought that up is because I, I just rewatched that interaction. It's like very clutch with Bix and uh, Cassian. And Cassian's mm-hmm. like, he's like, your person get in contact. I've got, you know, I, I need this. I need it tomorrow. And, um, but she, and, but he kept saying, like, you said, he's asked about me. You said he's asked about, well, me. what's, yeah. And I'm just yeah. wondering how much he knows about that dude. I mean, I know I we think, see their first I think interaction. Cassian does know that there's that rebel whisper network in town. Like that, right. basically that tower that you can talk to that. The, my favorite characters, again, I'll say it again. My favorite characters in that yep. town, just the father and yep. son, sort of like green jumpsuit duo who are <laughs> like jumpsuit. just yeah. running around saving people. Yeah. Love those guys. Um, and they, I guess they control that whisper network that Bix goes up and uses to contact Luthen. Mm. And what's cool, yeah, I, I, seen, I would love to watch that scene again because she's kind of dialing through frequencies in that moment. Oh, yeah. or something. Like, yeah. it's a really the way cool they communicate. Scene. It has to like go through it's different cool. networks. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. Oh. I kind of got the feeling that like he probably thinks that this is just a black market network connection. Who probably mm-hmm. thinks he's identified that I'm useful and good at this, right. and that's why he wants me not to. So he's thinking rebellion to overturn. Yeah, or or just like knows that like. Yeah. He's good at what he does, like when he has that conversation with them, like just that idea of like, I think he hates the Empire, like everyone in that town except him uh, does. Um, and that like, it's just like, you know, I might be useful to them to steal from this, you know, over glutted machine that is the Empire. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, he has it's I just. Oh man, it's so great. It's so great what that town is and what he is and like how how subtle everything is. You know, every interaction, every character we meet, it's there I mean, they're rarely if ever named. I mean, that's why I've got the, you know, the Wikipedia up behind me to just sort of like remind myself of all these people's names. If they're named, they're named yeah. once, but it's done like really subtle. But there are these really just organic relationship like interactions with characters that just tell the whole story. Was and, there a storyline that you were sort of into more than the other threads? Was there one the storyline that you were kind of keyed into that you really wanted to see more of? Or were you kind of like, did you love jumping just uh did you love just going between them? Uh I, I think yeah, Luther I was into. And I, I think I was kind of steered towards it. One um the we should talk about the music because it's it's oh you know, my goodness yeah it's it's so, so unique and it's modern um it's very Star Wars um 
it's just like seamless. It's it's integrated in the thing, you know, where the watchtower anvil smasher guy, yeah. like there's the first time we see him, he hits like three notes on that thing. And that becomes the set, the actual score for the next scene. And he mm. uses that guy to sort of break up scenes. Um, Tony Gilroy mm. does. It's just, and it's, but it's like, it's really just like unique sounds. It's not like someone just going back to the database of, of, uh, you know, of orchestral synths that everyone uses for everything now. It's like he right. created a, his own palette of sounds um, for this. Uh, it's what Nathaniel. Raytal. Raytal. or Raytal. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's fantastic. So I just thought that guy was great. Is it Nicholas Braytall? Is that what his name is? Nicholas. I'm so sorry, guys. No. <laughs> fine. It's fine, right? Uh, score, star, music. Yeah, Nicholas Brutel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, but... succession theme. Yeah, he's just an incredible composer. Right. Yeah. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I, and he's worked on a few movies now, too. And it's just like everything that you know, all his compositions are incredible yeah. and especially in the show. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, the, the point of all that was that the first time we see Luthen rail fly in and a shiny um, starfighter transport. Um, and actually it's when he lands and he's about to go to the bus depot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the uh, it's just really nice music cue that I think that's when he st- finally, like it was, you didn't realize how like sort of, grimy and grungy and digital like the it's, it's like very electronic in the town when you're just sort of skulking around with cassian yeah and then all of a sudden you get this soaring hopeful strings over these like big drums um when when luthan gets to town and it's like so i just that's uh, classic star wars is telling the like story can we talk about luthan's ship for a second and like how it responds to his whistling like it basically like it basically like uh, unfolds, like its wings unfold, and it like gets ready yeah. to launch via whistle. Like he just whistles to the ship. Oh, that's right? amazing! I yes. missed that. I yeah. noticed that. Yeah, it's very <laughs> crazy. Like, uh, what's his name from Guardians? Guardians of the Galaxy. I actually absolutely uh, oh, love yeah. that Yon- scene. I I think that's I think that's yeah. so cool. Um, I think it's just a smart way to you know write someone going to their ship that you've seen you know hun- you've seen so many characters walk to their ship in Star Wars you've never seen a character kind of like activate it with a whistle like that was just it felt now, yeah it's like it's I, a horse I also appreciate that because as much as like Luthien is like a cool character through most of it when he gets to that ship and he's whistling he's moving and or or Cassian along he's like let's go like like yeah. come, on, come on like yeah. you can tell he's like still yeah, it's very... like a pope in a swimming pool yeah. it's like it's like yeah. action is happening while exposition is happening luthan seems to be a character where things are going to happen quickly but also like you're not going to be yep. no you're not going to even know things are happening basically mm-hmm. he's like as he's moving he's going to be telling you something that's like crucial to yeah. like understanding your place in the galaxy or where where he's taking us and all that stuff yeah so. i definitely Definitely. And yeah, so I just, yeah, I just sort of loved all of, uh, all the Luthan rail stuff and the getting the, yeah. the hope and like, I, I, you know, as we know, these, uh, these stories are all, they're going to be in arcs, right? Three episode arcs, um, with different directors for each arc, I believe. Were they four? Episodes? Uh, I think it's more, two, no. Episodes. So I think that is more season two that they're more. Hmm. So I think what happened is 
they realized they were kind of naturally starting to do this in episode in, in season one. And then when they started to break down season two, they're like, oh, let's actually formalize this and do like three episode arcs. Because like that's the great. I talked about this and, and, and my wife and I talked about the fact that like I still don't understand why these were three episodes and not just one yeah. really yeah. long episode. Long yeah. Episode. So, Ben, I don't, I don't know if you listened to our combo, but like we we basically were like, why you could basically split that second episode and give it to the first and third. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. You know, like, did you do a little bit of that math? Like when you, as you were watching them, like, so I felt like I think there was, was a nice really story. arbitrary cut after the first episode. Yeah. Um, I don't know. No, the yeah, second episode has Cassian yeah. walking with sort of like a drum solo happening or something. And I'm just like, wait, what? what is so that? it threw me off yeah. worse the second time where I'm like, oh, that's right. This is the end of the episode of him just walking. Yeah. Cause yeah. it was it's like, like an eighties. Black thunderous score or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gilroy talked a lot about not a lot, but a little bit about that. He's like, cause you know, essentially um, the, the other hosts had the same question for him and he sort of dodged it. He was just like, well, there were these sort of organic breaking points. And then there were these sort of arcs. He's like, you'll see the next arc is like another story and it'll be three episodes. Yes. As a, as a watcher. I mean, I think I know Disney has to do their thing and you know, but I would I would much rather get these in three episode increments. Like, give me the full like arc. Like, give me the was running arc. around the town like, like Batu or something. Like, I was just like, yeah. I get it. Like, you're gonna check the boxes and meet and talk to all these people. But like, the pacing almost like the second time we talked to Bix with like the Star Path unit, it felt a little jarring. I was like, wait, you when did you get this? And like, you didn't even seem like you had it until he pulled it out, basically. Yeah, he went it's back to so that. Tight he like stores that. it in that old ship, and he like he smacked yeah. thing like Han Solo, and it he came the... down, and he pulled it out, and like, yeah, I mean, we hadn't seen it before. I imagine. Yeah, there wasn't like enough setup his... for that N path star path, that N nine yeah. star path unit. I was like, where this just came out of nowhere. I was like, okay, well, it's, like I'm especially I'm, because... I get it, scavenger culture. I get it, like scrap. yeah, yeah. He's got little treasures, too, especially because it's a, yeah, and it's a MacGuffin that immediately gets lost. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Again, I I don't. Yeah, it just kind of yeah. comes out of nowhere. It's Luthen's like, forget the box. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. Like, I, I was like, is... okay, all right, like, all right, forget about the box. I'm like, you're telling me the audience at this point. I don't care about right. The box. Yeah. Right. Which I mean, maybe that's where we're going. Is the real MacGuffin is Andor is Cassian, right? And that's what we're gonna learn. Is that like that's like I think he, which is what we're kind of leaning towards of just like, yeah, like it's amazing for Luthien to just be like, I don't care about this. A really expensive piece of technology. This is not what's important, right? Like, and for Cassian to learn that, yeah, is, be interesting. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what we're we're headed towards. It doesn't yeah. matter. I, they just wanted. I mean, there's so little empire in here. It, it was. I, I just there's I none. Love, no, there's not <laughs> really. Well, they Other they mention it. Mentioned. Whispers. Um, yeah. That guy. I uh, take offense to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that guy. And I was that guy was would be upset awesome. with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just wondering that that uh, uh, Kyle Bowler's character there. Um, I'm just wondering. Cyril Karn. Cyril yeah. Karn. Yeah. Yeah. Karn. Yeah. Karn. Deputy Inspector. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder if his story's <laughs> done. Like, he looks so Empire. He actually, to me, he looks like um, very much uh, Twin Peaks vibes to me. Um, Dale mm. Sergeant or Inspector right. Dale Cooper. Like they just made him, and I'm like, so I instantly liked him just from that. Like I'm like, oh, that's all right. Is and Dale Cooper's also a little bit OCD as well. Um, but yeah, I'm wondering if they just, I don't know, because I want to see the fallout of that. I want to see him get reamed. Oh, I really like it. Yeah, yeah. 
Was your question whether we're gonna is that the end of his his story? Was that what yeah. was kind of your question? <laughs> yeah, I don't, know. I don't think Guess so. Guess how many more episodes it's about Cyril? But no, because I haven't. We're clearly gonna have Googled, right? And like they, yeah, all they, they fought against mall cops. Like that's that was a, a battle. <laughs> mall cops. Whoa, shots fired! But here's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> those guys are pre-war Karn... security, corporate security, the corporate first line sec- of defense right. to corporate tactical is... security. Yeah, tactical corporate yeah, security. Yeah, and Karn is built for the empire. He is, yeah, so pretentious. He likes following rules. He is built for that system. So he just like, just like it's going to be parallel storytelling. Just like Andor's getting, Cassian's getting swept into the rebellion. I guarantee you, Karn's going to be swept into the empire. And I think we're going to see him in an empire's uniform by the end of the season. And yeah. he's going to be following yeah, along. Karn he's also one hundred percent Kool Aid. Basically, he's also one hundred percent going to murder Cassian's sister. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Really? Who's gonna Who's gonna promote? Yep. Um, on it now. Who's gonna uh, promote Karn? Like, wh- who's gonna be the person that comes to the Empire? It's like, yes, I mean, because it was an utter yeah. failure. Like, it was an utter, utter failure, right? Like, they chased this guy down, but then, like, I mean, they lost more men and they got embarrassed. Yeah. And we never I mean, see but they did like it. that failing. Well, upwards. the whole thing is they have Marva, right? Yeah. So yeah. Could Cyril Karn like interrogate Marva, pull a Cassian back to Ferrix? Like, they also have the Star Path unit. So, is that Karn's right. move of saying, "Yeah, but look what I got"? Like, I, uh, yeah. I, like he might just spin it to be like, "I recovered this amazing piece of technology." Sure, yeah. Right. I yeah, mean, and the, think yeah, that... the Empire will catch the Empire's, you know, notice the attention, notice yeah, that. and then they'll yeah. be like, "Oh, you're like cut. You're perfectly cut from for this cloth. You know, come on in." Yeah. Yeah, I mean that poor town. Like, right? They, you know, they've now Cassian's put a put the, you know, binox. Right, like, Bix is in danger, well. and he just bounced. Like, cool, cool. Yeah, Bix gets the gets it the worst. She's basically handcuffed to a wall. Watches Tim yeah. die. Like, yeah, Tim while being concussed. I definitely think Tim I, knew what he did. Like, as soon as she she like drunk dialed him and came over to his house. Oh yeah. He was like, Oh no, I read this. Immediately now I ruined this guy's life. I mean, this is, you know, yes, yeah. it's Cassian's fault kind of, even though he was just defending himself, but like wrong place, wrong time, whatever. But it's really all Tim's fault. Like if he it didn't really is. that dime, then 100% like, on Tim's shoulders. There were yeah. whole yeah, 100%. Three more security and, there. And I originally was just like, I, I, the first time I watched it, I was like, you know what? I don't like Tim at all, but I'm like, at least he kind of went out kind of a hero and then watch the second time I'm like no he didn't it's no his entire character is toxic toxic masculinity from a to b because yeah. he sees that his his girlfriend or not even is, not is even. attached to this yeah. wall yeah but but let me let me follow this through it's attached to this Fixes wall road beef, surrounded by this? five guys with blasters and his brilliant move is to puff his chest up and be like what are you doing to my girl as opposed to being like you know what i'm gonna go Get some buddies and go yeah. take care of this and save her. Like, like it's toxic masculinity from the beginning, right? Like to the end, to his end dying day is him doing something stupid out of the name of masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is a tool from start to finish of that episode. Yeah. It would, so it's appropriate that he sorts tools for a living. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I got the feeling that Bix was actually the leader of that shop, by the way. I think you mentioned that he might have been her overseer, but I think, I don't know. Maybe just because Bix is such a boss in general as her personality. It's but suddenly, yeah, 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 standout character. Yeah, Thanks. yeah, um, Kayleen. Kayleen. I don't know. Yeah, sounds right. 
Yeah. Um, um, yeah, she's fantastic. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what the next thing is. But I, I'm also just this escalation that we're going to get when it's like, you know, I, I think that's what that box, that MacGuffin box was for, um, was just to like be like, yeah, the Empire's there. Like the Empire's coming. It's just like such an iconic like thing covered in greeblies that we've seen a million times on the Death Star. And like, yeah. Uh, see, I'm sort of hoping that, uh, that Gilroy introduces the Empire as he sort of builds that flashback with like the Republic, like sort of like have that crisscross at some point. Yeah. The history crisscrossing with sort of the introduction to the real time Empire where they're at right now during the yeah. show. Like, I would love that on I mean, Like, just in, in terms of explaining how it became this giant, you know, military yeah. industrial complex. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, Cassian doesn't see a difference, right? Like, I mean, we, we when we meet him in Rogue One, he says, I've been in this fight since I was 10 years old. Is that what he says? I think is the Rogue Six One. Six years old. I think. Six years old. I think he but starts the, day one yeah, is like and, when he's rescued by Marva or taken. I, by exactly. That, that's what he, he's, he's talking about the fact that his, his, his part, his wait, his uh, is there also... was murdered by one of these people, and that was Republic soldiers. But still, like to him, that's like that's when the fight I, began. I have a question: is there is there another theme of bad luck going on with Cassian? What are you thinking? Expand uh, on that. Just analyzing certain scenes from his past. Oh yeah, I guess the girl, the mm-hmm. leader of the Lord of the Flies tribe, sort of sticks up to, for him yeah. and. And then she dies, and right. it's like mm-hmm. kind of like she just like the first thing she did before she died was stick up for Cassian so he could come on this right. trip. Right. I think you're onto something and there, Grant. She dies, and then he tries oh, to break the mirror. And, where he sees himself. Right. Good and I'm like, call. is there some sort of bad luck? Like he's wrong place, wrong time. Like spy novels, how you get huh. like they have that chill down the back yeah. of the neck and like that uneasy yeah. feeling, being wrong place, wrong time. Like, is that baked in as well? <laughs> like the Cassian. Well, character it'd be interesting if breaking the mirror was as bad luck like that was that's very sky like when you were talking about skyfall and you were talking like you know that's where i'm getting those vibes basically like yeah like it's all how do you figure that out yeah because we were trying to like on the when when grant and i had the episode we were trying to figure out like what was that scene symbolizing right when he's smashing the mirrors and i think grant i think you hit the nail on the head is like he's seeing he sees blame in himself right Mm -hmm. for that for his tribe mates death but like you think you're like carrying him through all of like rogue one like the first scene we see him in, and he has to kill that informant yeah. right which is like again wrong place wrong time bad luck this guy's arm isn't working i have to kill him now right like bad luck i'm now being chased down this alley by two people Fatalistic i just i hit trauma. this guy i i hit this yeah. guy with my head and he dies and now i have to kill this other person yeah, it's, it's his like, character yeah. it's part of casting yeah. andor's character you know, it's realistic it, trauma interesting yeah. marva's marva's in danger and b2 emo man it just he just makes me so sad <laughs> all the time so good it's amazing <laughs> he's like so <laughs> sweet and i'm like i want him. you see him like all shiny in the flashback sequence and now he's I just know. like beat and like you know dogs so run down. on him and he's just like such a poor, like, beat-up little droid that just needs power. That's yeah. all he needs, and love and attention. He just wants to hang with Cassian. I hope we see more of him uh, as well. Oh, uh, I hope so, too. Good. I think I can't imagine. He's such, like, a standout droid character. And, and Grant, I love this idea of, like, that also goes farther to explain why he's willing to just run and leave his mother and these people he cares about. Because in your mind, if you are dogged by this bad luck the best thing yep. you can do is just get away get from everyone, right? And, like, maybe that's, yeah, so interesting, yeah. 
or just go into yeah sneak into imperial count compounds you know and just cause right. man yeah yeah i know it doesn't bode well for uh lutheran rail probably um for sticking his neck yeah. out for him. um and especially since we don't know really luthan might make the difference though luthan could that could be the arc for cassian is, is yeah. sort of being saved by yeah i mean they're setting it up that he's the obi-wan or tobias beckett but i don't yeah. know we'll see yeah yeah right right the stranger the gift and the call to action and all that um straight out of you know classic right uh, campbell or he can like he can sort of teach cassian how to be invisible and sort of narrate the world around them and be like this is how you get past a scanner this is how you you know get this without any credits or using these credits instead of these credits and like to hide to this trace is how you erase a ship log from like you know without even you know, taking up the ship log in the first place, you never have to erase it afterwards. Like, like doing, like teaching yeah. him how to do things he never did. You know. Yeah, I fully expect that. I, I mean, the, his message to Cassian's like, "You've been in the miners for too long." Yeah. The <laughs> like, Let me teach you how we do this spy. The spy. Yeah, stuff. this is what's going on for real right now. Um, and you know, Ooh. maybe he'll cross paths with. Um, do I have some? Can I get in some deep theory territory with you guys? Please. That's why we're here. Yeah, yeah. I, deep I, I have some deep stuff that pops in my stuff. head, but go for it. Right? Um, yeah. So uh, at the end of the Clone Wars, do you think there were some separatists who sort of discovered the Death Star project and like um, the building of the Death Star and the set? Obviously, we've all read Catalyst. There's information that tells us separatists understood the Death Star project. But I'm wondering if like there were separatist spies who knew that knew sort of like the inner Mac, inner workings of like Dooku's plan and things like that, that like. Could Luthen Rail have been a separatist spy who knew Dooku was doing all this stuff and has some very complicated ties to like the war, basically? You mean like he he was actually on the side of the the? I mean he is he does seem wealthy. Like you think like he maybe he's like yeah. a Serrano sort of royalty or something that has beef with, or maybe you know worked with the separatists. Just that the separatists knew about mm-hmm. the Death Star and sort of like. They kind of went. They 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 knew it was really going to be a republic project at the end of the day. It was going to be an imperial project at the end. It wasn't going to always reside with the separatists. And sort of when those those plans came to light, and were there certain spies operating in the early sort of passing of those plans and the build the early building of the the Death Star itself? Yeah, I don't know. They kept pretty tight wraps on it. I mean, it was a it was a Genosian design. So, but and so yeah. anyone was that was at that separatist table could possibly be privy to it. They might have talked about that project. I mean, it's but you but know, it's, look, it's if you look unknown. at Cassian's planet, like Canari, it's mined within. Yeah. You know, basically, yeah. the planet's been mined to mm-hmm. its core, basically, and uh, yeah. it's it was. It, I imagine that's a dunium mine. That's like the material they use for the Death Star, right? Like, right? Yeah. Could it be anything, yeah. or is it that specific? Because, like, it's to me, when I read Catalyst, it was all about mining the dunium on Wadi Rafa and yeah. all its different planets and Fest, even, I imagine. Yeah. It, it could technically but be anything, but I think for poetic reasons, it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be dunium. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and also that quote-unquote disaster where all of those kids' parents died. Like that could have just been the Empire. So was that a separatist mine, though? Was that a separatist mine for dunium? Or was that because they said a Republic freighter was inbound? You know, I think it's a Republic freighter. Yeah. So is that a separatist dunium mine, basically? 
Wait, when did know, they the say Republic is... Freighter was inbound? When Marva uh, at the first finds yeah, Cassie. Marva was leaving. Yeah. Oh, oh, she oh. She says okay. Repu- yeah. Republic Freighter is is you know landing or coming into. <laughs> Or was it a Republic project and like they he actually had some Republic resources mining or, all this no, stuff? No, what it did start or, as a separatist project. The separatists gathered right, Dunium yeah. that then got over to to the early you know caches for the Death Star. Yeah. Like did the separatists do some some or some, does it yeah. matter because Sidious is pulling the strings, right? Like it Republic. Yeah, but it's it's curious that yeah, it's but interesting to you know which side. Could people have found out about that. Could people have found I, out that it cross sides the project? Cross basically. I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't. The thing that I always get to when I get to the war between yeah. the separatists. And it's not even a war. It's a, it, it's just doesn't a matter. Like, like to me, it's like it's all sidious. Like if if those are if that's going to the Death Star, it doesn't matter if it was being run by the Republic or the separatists because. Right, Sidious was was using that to build the Death Star, but I mean, I, I I guess at that point, I just I I, I want to say it's Republic. Um, I like that better. That seems like a better storytelling, right? To have it be a separatist uh, to show that the sorry that the Republic was still ste- even at that point was stepping on little people, yeah. right? Like it it would explain why Cassian has the feelings he does even with like everything on. That's Tim. It's not about separatists or. Or the Republic, it's about the Empire. It's all the Empire. Right, but if they called it the the Republic, then the Empire wasn't fully formed yet. Like, was that, right. I mean, we, don't, I, we I, don't have, we know, you know, the current events are happening five years before the Battle of Yavin. Um, Grant, I knew you would love that. I cheered as soon as yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was amazing. That title, by the way. Um, but the, if they called it the Republic in that flash, like, we don't know when, we don't have a timestamp for that flashback. If she was worried about the Republic, maybe it was a separate. Maybe they were a separatist like um, planet. And they were yeah. worried about the Republic, like, I don't know, doing I don't know what. Um, I but guess... I think definitely I, I know that the Death Star project started as a separatist project because it was created. The plans were created by the Genosians um, and then it was and then it migrated to the Empire. Obviously, yeah, it was like, yeah. the first planet was Geonosis, I think, that built the construction and then it was moved somewhere yep. else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that, but, but Dunium was used for a lot of things, I would assume, right? For large projects. And I just, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I think Cassian's worldview is that the Republic was the Empire. They just changed their names. And that's why yeah. he's been in this battle since he was six. He was, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's just same. Same blank, different day for him in terms of yeah. Now they're the empire, but they're stepping on me. They 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 killed my family. They didn't yeah. care about the little people, right? And so that's kind of where my thought might be if it is the republic. Because I think we're going to see him. Like I mean, we know we've seen clo- we know we're going to see clone troopers at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. So maybe that's a thing. Yeah. I guess uh, to be determined. Um, I'm you yeah. know the flashback know scene what... is fine, and it, it I mean obviously it was artfully done and it was beautiful, but. Um, and it would be kind of nice to see more Clone Wars era um, stuff happening on live screen. Um, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's an interesting question, Grant. We'll have to see. Yeah, it really well, I'm is. just wondering yeah. if, the, if the, if we're ever going to see a battle droid or separatist, you know, right? Uh, imagery yeah. in in the show. Yeah, that would be. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, so that wait, mine to said... me must have been a separatist mine. Is all I'm saying. Like. 
I just don't it's, think that's it's funny. I because I think how could it be a republic mine when the republic why? frigate is just now coming to the planet? Right. Well, because we know we what what crashed on the planet. Do we know what that was? It looked like something like uh, like it's a, it's a, on a I gas. assumed it was a like, I assumed it was a republic ship that crashed, and so my thought was that that the republic frigate was inbound because they were going on a reclamation mission for the crashed ship. Yeah, I thought, but I don't know. Yeah, I just it uh-huh. to me. I thought when at that point you would call it the M. I mean, were the were the was the Republic you know hosting these these giant mining sort of uh, expeditions yes. during the yes. war? I, they were. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. I, any large superpower, including our own, does horrible things to the environment and to planets to mind resources we're fracking our own country to death right now nothing right, no, that's great right? like that's, that's great commentary i thought there was like, just like a, yeah. an illusion that the republic were like these altruists and like would always yeah. try to find figure out ways to make it better for you know all types of I, civilizations as well as yeah i think I mean, we were at the higher republic era but i think when we see the republic at its later days when we see it in in the prequel era they're struggling like they i i just i don't know it just uh, doesn't yeah, scream yeah i don't know it's yeah, gonna be that. some dark things that happen there like i'm pretty sure yeah. it's probably like the disasters like i think i think probably See, that I, will be a fun you know, framing for because like clone wars i think humanizes the republic in a weird way where it's like they're all good guys even the clone commanders are all good i would love if tony gilroy is kind of like no this is more like thx like 1138 it's like the republic is actually the strange sort of like uh computing sort of clone army that just is hyper efficient and just you know it's scary and cold and deadly like that would be really fun like a new reframing of the army like i wouldn't Mm -hmm love that <laughs> but yeah. like i don't know that's that's hard to do given how much clone wars content yeah. is out there and just what you know we're so endeared to all these clone commanders like i just want to like like curl up and read a book next to all the clone commanders they're so chill you know and it's like yeah. i would like a new take almost like a, a yeah. really dark sort of shadowy you know you know i don't know sort of yeah. like hyper uh, realistic take on the, the army before. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool. I think there's enough cynicism in the world right now. Where I'm like, I, mean, yeah. I don't know if I want to like to yeah carve that out, but um, or yeah, or be smart, or yeah, like you know, you said your beloved clone commanders. Um, <laughs> they're all just so <laughs> nice. They're just so nice. They're just yeah. these really sweet Maori warriors. You know, we don't want to take them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I I have a feeling it was a separatist thing. It's the timing is interesting because. You know, we'll see. But they, it could have been it could have been the uh, Republic. You know, they have they have a war machine, right? They need to they need to keep and if their, it's a separatist know, thing. Yeah. It just makes it, it for me. It would just be interesting if Luthan Rail is kind of a separatist through and through. Like he never bought into the Republic and he never bought into the Empire. Like these are the people fighting the Empire at this point. The people who are watching, you know, the intergalactic banking clan and the, the highest echelons of power and how they're how they're working together to wage this war across the stars and you know just spending you know tons and tons of credits as well as like throwing you know giant war machines everywhere like yeah he, he's yeah. just not one for that and like and like the separatists were kind of like 
as the droid army was dwindling or I guess losing in every skirmish, it's like he was like, I'll just be on the side of this the separatists, basically. Yeah. But or yeah. he no sides. He might be a guy who's just of no sides and sort of neutral, but um it would just be interesting i i just it would would be more interesting than if he was like had a history with the republic and working with the clone army or learned spying for the republic or something like that right yeah yeah Yeah. how how old is he in that flashback do you think yeah Yeah. i put him at eight i put him at like key demographic yeah disney like 10 i put 10 that so that would put it between 18 and 16 BBY during the flashback. Cause he was born at 26 BBY, which is right. wild that he was only 26 when he died. Um, oh, did he, uh, that's confirmed. He was 26 when he died. Yeah. I mean, he was born, he was born 26 BBY and he died. Oh, okay. Like zero, <laughs> zero BBY. Right, right. Um, right. so he would have been, yeah. So if he was eight to 10, he would have been between. So just as like the clone, just as the clone wars was ending is sort of when we're going back. Like, I think so. Yeah. More, so, more than, so, yeah. yeah. So, so at that point, Palpatine is like thoroughly in power. Yeah. That shouldn't be just like, so, right. So maybe the Republic still existed, but it's under the, the control, you know, it is a, it's technically an empire. Yeah. And so that, that would actually make sense that they yeah, either Marva, Marva didn't get that message or. Yeah. That's it, weird. Cause that um, would be post episode three then. Right. With those times. Yeah. Yeah, that message yeah. would have gone out, wouldn't it? Because he looks like ten years old. You're thinking eight, maybe eight, but yeah, somewhere in there. He was eight. It would be the hey, right. He would probably know better than me. Maybe maybe ten. Eighteen. I think it's he just, just still looks like a little girl. I think me. it's. I think Palpatine has already made that speech where he said the first. You know, this is the the first Galactic Empire, right. um, but it hasn't made its way out to like whatever this planet is, like Canari. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like yeah. also the the woman at the um, pleasure den, the pleasure zone in the beginning is uh, saying like, oh, like I've heard of Canary. Like, are you feeling nostalgic? Like, yeah, basically inferring that it's like a very sad story happened in there. Obviously, yeah. we see the mind, yeah. but like, yeah, we're going to get more of this. I don't know why we're like talking about this to death. Like flashbacks are incredible. I can't wait to see yeah. what that's building towards. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to get more of it. So pumped for that. Yeah. Grant, you asked me what storyline I like. What, yes. what about you two? Yes. What, what's what storyline? Oh, I was like? I'm big on the Cyril Karn a pre-more security storyline. I adore this storyline. I think I cannot get enough of it. Um, obviously, again, Sergeant uh, Sergeant Linus Mosk, incredible yeah. character. You oh, know, man. he's just like tempo is crucial. He's like velocity yeah. is the service of inspired leadership. Is there a worthy substitute? I think not. Like the, the, just that oh. character. Oh. Yeah, every one of his lines are fantastic. So good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was another thing Gilroy talked about was like filming in uh, in England. There's just like your cup overfloweth with amazing yeah. like theater actors <laughs> that they they right. just plug right, into right, all these right. things. And he was just Oof. like, oh my God, you can say that. Like, well, can you say this? And like how yeah. we would just. It just elevated the whole program. Because once you like, once you hear their voice, you can write for it, and it's like I'm sure he just heard saw one tape and then just yeah, really just made these lines absolutely delicious. And yeah, 
And he said like there were some people that were like, all right, maybe not right for the part, but he would just like he had a bank for them and would just be like, oh, later on, like, what if we remember that? Yeah, girl? It sounds she like was amazing. Good, it sounds like in. season two is easier yeah. to make than season one because they had just this massive oh, yeah. role. It's a list of people yeah. like, yeah, yeah, we'll put him there, her over there. Like, it's great. It's all done. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I love all that stuff. I just it's so hard. It's, it's, it's one of the shows where just skipping back and forth. I was happy with all the plot lines. I really did enjoy the the the. Um, the flashbacks, I, I love the way they were interspersed. I thought it really made sense. I love the fact that they didn't use any subtitles. We had talked about that before. Like, I really enjoyed that. Um, I'd say, like, if there was, like, one plot line that I was really... It was just the the, the Ferrix. Like, just, just life on Ferrix. Like, like, all of that stuff. Yeah. Like, a fully realized area. I just... Seeing practical sets again, and it's not a knock on the volume, which I think is amazing, but just, like, it felt the most star wars in a long long time like it just it's felt like huge like, and I, just I, I, I was, teeming yeah. yeah yeah yep yeah and they're they, cutting they, back to these characters yeah yeah sorry adam i didn't want to no 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 go ahead they, no you know the other thing tony had said was just like his first meeting was with the production designer which is essentially i would have thought like story group would do it but the production he's like okay i want to tell a story and then like the production designer is like okay you don't you know you don't have a mechanic shop. You have a starship place, and this is what goes in and like really just Star Warsifies everything. But I thought they yeah. they did a really good job of staying on the Star Wars side of a really relatable story and a really relatable. You know, these are just blue collar workers, and the, you know, it got close. I was even like the like the morning after scene with a uh, Bix. And um, and Tim, it was just like you know the girl putting her clothes back on and sort of getting out of bed. I'm yeah. like. Like it was that like danced on the line of like, wait, this just looks like any other sort of show I've seen a thousand times. But it like they just they stayed on the right side of it um, and yeah. are able to have these interactions within interact that that are exposition. But they're just like very common interactions over and over again. I I just think the script was so like deep and fun and like and great i think everyone else making a star wars right you know a star war right now like john favreau and dave filoni are watching this going like oh boy like yeah, yeah i think i'm hoping it raises everyone's game and being like you know yeah. we, we really got to think about our writing i know star wars is mostly for kids mainly for kids um and so they want to keep a certain tenor there but um it's nice to have this is like a adult I show mean, for adults as i say this is this is not a show for kids and i don't mean that in like it's too like it's too wild right. for kids, but like a couple things, it is very violent. Um, it is not, it is not, it does not shy away from the violence. Yeah, which I, I talked a bit about last last time, so I won't, I won't hit on it again. But I did appreciate the fact that like the deaths are earned and awful in this yeah. show when they happen. And the other thing is that like it is not. I can't imagine a kid watching the show going. This is a satisfying show for me. It is very slow. It's very trotting. It is bouncing around a lot. I feel like There's this is one the, action. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I feel like this is the exact stuff I was trying to watch as a kid. Like the edgier I, sort of like pulpy science fiction. Like uh, Terminators. Yeah. Your, I, yeah. You know, what that's you? a fair point, Grant. Maybe I'm doing this old man shouts at the sky thing that, you know, I, yeah, I no, did too. Are, love these things. I, it's, I, it's I just, think we're not giving kids enough credit. There's yeah. I used to. Love yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I mean, think again, I, my daughter yeah. could sit there and watch like an entire movie. And, she's and the characters are so um, rich that I think it's actually like it's actually yeah. great scene work. And if you want to just learn acting I, or you want to learn like, you know, the craft, like a uh, scene construction. Like, yeah, I think it's just fantastic. So. Sure. 
I don't think that they I thought a for anyone single 10 minute plus. about. I guess what yeah. my point is is that there is not someone on set going, yeah, but what about the key demographics of eight to twelve? Do you know what I'm saying? Like there was there was not a single thought given to like making. Well, it's just the show that skews older, and I think Kathleen Kennedy has already yeah, said that, which is great. She's like, this is... is our older show for older fans, yeah. you know. And then you know, Ben and I have been privy to sort of like case studies on Disney, and it's like they bought Star Wars in the first place to get an older swath uh, of people yeah. to watch their mm-hmm. licensed streaming shows and whatnot, and so this is. A sort of like a fulfillment of sort of why they bought that in the first place, which I was I'm really excited to see. I almost thought that would go that would be Boba, that would be Mando, that would be there's other things I thought would take yeah. this territory, but Andor seems to be seizing in on it. And it's exciting to watch. I'm excited yeah. about Star Wars which, again. Yeah. They I, did a bit with Obi Wan as well. They were trying to kind of bridge the gap, I think, with Obi Wan a little bit between yeah, I don't those know. Obi Wan to me still still felt like a sort of like um sweeping sort of like uh the tale of of knights and the force and it didn't really need to get dark it it got dark in a sort of like emotional uh traumatic yeah. sort of way but like yeah i guess i guess it does get dark it's just yeah, yeah i mean not the level of andor the temple stuff is pretty dark that's pretty that's i forgot about that that's but all, all the things that's actually like, really dark <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, all like, the stuff Obi Wan's going or, through is like it's a very you know it's a man you know maturing and becoming wise. Yeah, you know? yeah. I I agree, Grant. You know they I, I think this is a thing where I, I think they wrote it they wrote a mature script here with Andor, but I could definitely see kids being really attracted to this, like younger you know younger audience like loving it. Maybe even because it's more adult themes and they're you know just like you want to be yeah, just, uh... and you can enjoy it for like Vetch is still there and like there's you know they, they just they may not get mm-hmm. all the layers at first, but I think they could still yeah. enjoy it. It's starships and it's like you know um, I don't know we'll have to see. Um, your son Grant's probably yeah right he, at that age range. He's watched it and he doesn't you know there's some coarse language, but most of the stuff happens off screen. Honestly, like any, yeah. anything that you think oh, would I, be bad yeah. for a kid happens off screen. And I don't think it's, still, I don't think it's at all. It's almost inappropriate for kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't like, yeah. I don't think it's inappropriate for kids. I just, it's not, you know, it's not, you think they might be, it's not made. It? It's not, and they might not be, but it's not made for them, which means like most of the, and I'm great. I'm glad you brought it up. Cause I think about all the things I watched when I was a kid and most of the things that I watched, and really enjoyed were not made with me in mind necessarily. Yeah. Right. Like, like, and those yeah. are the things I appreciate the most, but like Mandalorian, which I love that is very much focused on. Let's get kids back in the star Wars. <laughs> like, like it, and it is for us as well. Like the old fans yeah. as well, but like, it is very focused. It does. It's, it's very four quadrantly, which is yeah. Yeah. impressive. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, whenever I see someone walk, walk that yeah. balance beam, I'm like, yeah, that's impressive. Like it's your MCU yeah. movies. It's your Mando. John Favreau does a very good job of sort of like creating these these scripts that uh, you know they're just they're there's heart as well as yeah. action as well as a few jokes, but like you mm-hmm. know almost one liners. Or what's great about Mando is it actually tries to stay has these awesome sort of in galaxy one liners and references and self reflexive. Yes. It's very cool. Yeah, I guess uh, here's what I'm thinking about is like the way I consume Mando versus the way I cons- consume Andor. And I do love both the shows. It's like when I'm watching Mando, it's just like, oh, I wonder what 
reference they're going to give me right or yeah what special guest yeah. star is going to show up something or what like yeah. lore thing and i'm watching andor's Andor like i wonder how i wonder Andor's what five minute dialogue scene is going to happen next that i'm going to yeah. love like well like, i think yeah, like, no, like that's yeah. the whole thing is i think what's great about andor is it's not concerned with the history of star wars or the zeitgeist of film culture or uh, film history or you know it, it it's really just concerned with telling this one story about these characters yeah. and it's so earnest and trying to just play to their motivations that it's never doing some it's never winking at you it's not self-aware it's never doing deep pulls for like the sake of deep pulls yeah. it's like just like yeah they're gonna say whatever the item is they're picking up but that's about it like they're not going to just name drop on you over and over. Yeah, you know, it's like it. It feels organic yeah. in a, in a way that's fun, and I think that's exciting. I totally agree, and I think they are going to name drop sooner or later. But oh, I yeah. think it's it's oh, going yeah. to move the story forward. It's going to be a really yeah. important plot point. That's I think what I was trying to get at with like that little greebly, like the the box was like mm -hmm. that was kind of that was that had that moment it was like the you know empire logo on the top of it it was just like a little reminder that it was there and it was like there was this piece that really tied back into the original trilogy of gear you just saw like you know it right. looks like a little plug-in sort of you know like mike pre but it's like it you know that unit you recognized everything on it and it, it was a character and but everything itself. moved the story for it it wasn't like let's go see jawas just to right see jawas let's right. go right. see yeah, jawas didn't run starfighter just to see an n1 starfighter yeah. let's yeah. go yeah let's go do this just because we yeah. have to do it because it's part of the dna it's like no no no. let's just yeah. care yeah. let's just you know see what these characters are up yeah. to what they care then, about what they want to do next yeah we're going to see mon mothma sooner or later we're going to see yavin Four. That's the thing. We are, and we know we're going to see Mon Mothma, and everyone knows it. And Gilroy didn't feel the need to start telling her story now, just to yeah. give us mm -hmm. a reference point. It's just that's what I love about it. Is like we're we're three episodes in, we have not seen a single like like identifiably like Star Wars thing in some yeah. ways. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we haven't seen an Imperial uniform, we haven't seen a stormtrooper, we haven't seen a clone. Like we haven't seen yeah. anything. But yeah, we still know it's Star box. Wars because yeah. it's Star Wars, except that box. Exactly. Like, and that's a moment, right? When you see the Imperial insignia, like that is a moment in that show. And I guess I guess I want to say is like, it's always hard when you're talking about what you love about something, because it always seems to imply that it's a zero sum game. And I'm just like, no, the, the lesson should be not give us this instead of that. Give us all of this. There is room for a Mandalorian type show. There's a room for a Cassian Andor show, like just yeah. more of all of this. Right. Like just. Different types of storytelling in the Star Wars universe is always what I wanted, and I feel like we're finally getting that. We're getting multiple viewpoints and different types of I am excited to see what they do with Acolyte, that tone. Because yeah, I agree. Obviously, this is the sort of like uh, rekindling of the Sith or like the dark side in the galaxy, right? Like 100 years before the prequel films. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could, That tone could uh, swing very dark, especially after Obi-Wan and Andor. I mean, like the shows, you know, preceding it are very dark. Uh, but obviously Mando season three, I imagine, will be have its it'll be more epic and sort of feel of legend more than feel like a sort of dark. Yeah. Yeah. Bounty hunter yeah. story that we thought, you know, I, I when you saw the first trailers for, for Mandalorian, you almost thought this is going to be a dark bounty hunting sort of like western yeah, and it's you know but it's kind space of space opera where it's yeah it's kind of growing into sort of like a, just a serialized adventure 
kind of well-rounded adventure story. It has become, it has taken the place of the Skywalker saga as being the tone setter for Star Wars, I feel like. Like, just kind of always reminding us, like, this is what Star Wars is. And it's like the main line, and then these other things can play around with Mm -hmm. genre and tone. Yeah, totally. That's a really good point, man. I wonder how long that's going to hold up for. I mean, I feel like you could tell the Mandalorian story for a long time if you wanted to. But like in the future and in the past and sort of like maybe that is there are always that sort of parallel story in in line with the Jedi. Um, Right. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of fun places it can go. But I think all in all, Andor really raised the bar for everything um, already. Absolutely. You can tell it's going to be it's going to really pay off. We already know how long it's going to be. It's like two seasons. You know that this thing has been scripted within a, you know, uh, an inch of its life. And uh and to to great effect. I'm really excited for the next episode. Um, Me too. I guess you know the it's we we're gonna run into a new conflict here or a new motivation for like this next sort of um, arc of shows. And so I, I'm I'm you know I'm interested to see what that's that's gonna be. Um, yeah. Anything else? Any other uh, fun tidbits you guys found? I found that uh, uh, Cassian's blaster is a binar pistol, which was used by famously by Kyle Katarn. Um, in the old uh, yeah. Jedi yeah, yeah. Academy oh, uh, games, yeah, yeah, it looks kind of familiar. Cool. Yeah, yep. Um, anything else you guys pulled? Or there weren't a lot of Easter eggs. It wasn't a very Easter eggy show, which I thought was great. Um, like we just talked about. Um, but there was a uh, you know, and actually, I could use more creatures. Vetch was amazing. Um, they Vetch showed like yeah, yeah. There was like you know, at the the like shuttle guy's place where there's like his helper with some small alien um or non-human uh behind him he yes. that was a great character yeah. um there was like three of the same beings that had a shop and were like sort of flushed out by the you know by the mall cops mm. and um you know and we see them sort of run by later uh cassian later right. like we see them get flushed out and then like a couple scenes later they run rush past cassian and he's like oh no something's up um but i could i could use some more creature stuff I think I think next episode will be telling about that because I think we're going to start seeing the larger yeah. galaxy, right? Yeah. And and if we do end up on Coruscant, which I assume we're going to, right? If we're getting Mon Mothra, like there better be a lot of aliens there. Like that is right. Yeah. Like that's what we expect. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what yeah. the next move is. Did they just like hide Cassian away, or do they try to pardon him, or is there another? You know, are they already on to the scent of the death? I don't think they're on the scent of the Death Star yet. Five years. BBY Luthen's going to bring him to like the Kingsman sort of tailor shop. And then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm, new drip. I'm a little less hopeful about that character. Um, Luthen. Real. Yeah. I, 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 I like him. I love, I mean, selling cigars guard is like a legend and is always great, but I'm also like, I don't know. We've had a lot of like mentor mentee relationships in Star Wars, and it feels like it. it when you're writing that, you're just gonna do the same thing over again, or are you gonna make him more like I'm using Cassian, like I'm an ultimate survivor, and I'm using Cassian to my to my ends, right? Like, right. I just, I and don't it, know. it's we'll always see. the guy who's the head of the spy agency who's like the secret. Is the bad guy? guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the bad guy. yeah. So just be on yeah. the lookout. And it's, if, if, if this is a Bond movie, he's not a yeah. good guy. It's a Le <laughs> it novel. It's definitely yeah. he's a mole. 
Yeah. His yeah. walking stick that's like essentially is oh. a lightsaber, but it's like it's but it's awesome. a it's a firm light. There's no light. It's just a just like a hard it's pretty cool. Like retracts, but it's, it's like a like retractable little, bow staff. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. That was cool. The blow dart guns or the blow dart staffs that the kids had. That was a cool mm-hmm. twist too. Um, yeah, there's I love that they're still pushing the technology and the gas. Uh the whole galaxy's getting larger. Is that it, guys? Just two episodes enough for three um three Star Wars. Um feels good. good. Yeah. Um it feels like we should do a third one just to make it, you know, three for three. Yeah, but, even. But I right. think I think we've said everything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we need to lap the actual playtime with um discourse, and then that that's usually the <laughs> standard box we check um so yeah we'll talk um i think we'll be airing this on thursday this week i know the uh, episodes have been airing at sort of various times i've been kind of shooting for sundays but um i want to get this we'll give you 24 hours to to watch andor and then hopefully uh this our next episode will be waiting for you for the uh the rundown and just to to gab about what happened in episode four so that'll come out on thursday so um yeah Thanks again. Please do, uh, you know, uh, give us five stars reviews. Let us know about it. We'll send you some swag um, just because we want to have a nice build up our community and uh, always talk to us. We've got a great discord um, that's been maintained very well by Grant and created. Um, and you can talk about anything you want to talk about in Star Wars. And we're always on there with with friends um, and uh, enjoy that very much. So. Thanks very much again for listening um, this week. It's been a blast. We'll talk to you soon with Andor. And as always, may the Force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Coreworld News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you always. <laughs> <laughs>